0: What is an athletic trainer and what do they do? What do you guys do for the teams that you just designated? What's your main role?
1: I mean, I think the biggest thing is as athletic trainers, we are considered healthcare professionals. And our role is kind of a lot of things. It falls under treatment, rehabilitation, prevention work. A lot of our roles are just that we're here to make sure that the athletes are performing at their highest level every single day. So we're helping them. Treatment for new injuries, previous injuries. We're helping them rehab from surgeries to get back on the court. We're helping them with just day-to-day things. You know, if they're sick and they need to go see a doctor. And as we're going to talk, you know, we help them with mental health issues in terms of referring process. We help them with referrals for nutritionists. So we kind of have a lot of hats that we do. But, you know, the biggest part of it is the healthcare process of it. And Kevin can add more if he wants, but...
2: (laughs) No, uh, that's good. I mean, it's all the health and safety of our student athletes. A lot of times, what is perceived in the, the national eyes, you know, we're on the sidelines for the person that runs out to the field, potentially giving out the waters or taping the ankles and stuff like that. And that is part of the job, you know, providing that first aid, emergency care. But again, that's only 10% of what we do. And then individuals like Jesse and myself, we have a lot of admin responsibilities that. It's also not seen at the surface level. But yeah, with everything that we do is the intention of bettering our student-athletes wellness.
0: No, that's super important. Thank you both for your answers. I think that what is seen and what really happens are two different things. And I think that's important for us to shed some visibility and enlightenment to that, especially those who might be listening who become or want to become an athletic trainer one day, like what is really
1: entailed And so I really, really appreciate it. So what brought you to this field? Well, I guess it all starts back like I was an athlete myself. Growing up, I did gymnastics all my life for about 18 years or so. And, you know, I had my fair share of injuries and things in here. And my latest one was in high school and I struggled with it a lot. I was seeing PTs and chiros and, you know, it was tough because my high school didn't really have an athletic trainer. We had one, but he was only kind of coverage, wasn't there for some teams, would be there for more teams. So it was kind of up in the air whether I could see him or not. And you know, I was able to finish my high school career just fine. But when I started looking at colleges, I knew I wanted to do something medical and I want to do something sports related. So my first initial thought was, oh, I could be an orthopedic surgeon. Like, I'll, you know, it includes the sport, includes medical... But when I started looking at the school, I was like, okay, maybe not. We're going to try a different track. So I started doing a little bit more research and kind of came down to like the PT athletic training, you know, which one. But what really drove me to athletic training is it's, you're more hands-on, kind of like what Kevin was saying. You're part of a team. You're more personable. You're getting to be part of a family, basically, as you join these teams and you meet the athletes like, and you're getting to be right there with the sport, you know? I love PTs. We work with a lot of them. But, you know, it's a lot of clinical work. And we do clinical work, but I get to go also out to practice and be on the sidelines and watch my athletes compete. So, that really is what drove me more to that career. And then the more that I got to be a part of it during undergrad, I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, it had everything that I wanted. The sport aspect, the medical aspect, and I can still learn. You know, there's athletic training allows us to continue to learn. And I love To learn,
2: yeah, you could even decide to go get your doctorate.
1: Yeah, you could decide to be a crazy person and go back to school while working full time. (laughs) But the biggest part for me was just being a part of something bigger, helping these athletes grow, learn. Like Kevin said, we see some of them as freshmen, you know, little 17, 18 year olds, and they leave us as, you know, 21, 22, 23 year olds, and they're grown, they're stronger their well-being is better. They've learned a lot. So that's kind of a really cool thing not many people get to do.
0: No, that's amazing. I love it. I love it. And that being a former athlete and coping with your own injuries and not sounding like you had the most thorough service as far as an athletic trainer can go is like wanting to do or provide something better to these young kids. So I think that's awesome. You guys have worked before. You guys have been colleagues prior to working here at Cal State University, Bakersfield. You've had experiences that have led you to be interested in athlete mental health alongside the physical health practitioners that you are. What were some of the experiences that you guys have had together and apart that have led you to value athlete mental health in the way that you do?
2: Yes. Jesse and I have worked together five years now, right? Going on five years
1: I'm um,
2: like five, six. Yeah. Yeah. Coming from Academy of Art University and then dragged her here down to Bakersfield. <laughs> <And> <laughs> she may not say it, but it's the best move that she's made.
0: I believe it. I believe it.
2: Unfortunately, when it comes to like, our focus on mental health, and it's like many other things, something bad has to happen for attention to be just pointed in that direction. And I guess what happened, and it was prior to Jesse working with me was we, we had an athlete pass and there was no mental health, I guess, services provided. And there's one the overdose thing. But that led to really bolstering up what services and what we could do for our student athletes. And a lot of it is like education, recognition, doing the check-ins, doing the surveys, doing the pre-screening, stuff like that. And that kind of like jump-started my interest in, Jesse is much better at developing the the verbiage, I guess, the policy writing and stuff like that. And that kind of, unfortunately, is like one of those things or something that has to happen for not only your administration to notice and get your support. So, unfortunately, we haven't had anything like that here, that crazy. But what happened this past two years is there is a need. And I think that's really what jump-started it, to create what we've created at Cal State Bakersfield.
1: Yeah, I would agree. My first year at Cal State Bakersfield, you know, we had an athlete when we had an incident with her and it did kind of spark more. And, you know, it sparked us, you know, saying we need to do more for our athletes. We need to provide more education. We need to provide more services. And it wasn't that the services that we had were failing or, you know, they weren't there. Obviously the school has their services in the counseling center, it was just more so that we needed to do more for them. And we needed to provide more, not only for the student athletes, for the coaches, the whole athletic staff as a whole, everyone needed to be more educated and aware so that when incidences like that happen, everyone knows what to do. Everyone's prepared. Everyone knows how to respond. Because when that had happened, we kind of, I don't know about Kevin, but I didn't really know how to respond. Uh You know, it was kind of like a Uh junk shop, like, What do we do next? How do we respond? And then after it, how do we help that athlete get back to normal life and return to sport and be around their players and their team again after something like that happens, especially when the team is affected too. So like he said, something bad has to happen in order for (laughs) more things to happen. Yeah, well, I hope that's changing
0: back just a few years ago that that was more of the case. Now. Few years later, it's less so. It's so great to be able to interact with you both and your student athletes and your coaches. This past semester, we're in our second semester alongside Cutler Wellness Programs, who provides the education and technology through an app to support your student athletes. With myself and my team at AF Mindset providing the clinical mental health services and sport performance consultation, it's been, I mean, It's huge for you and your campus to dedicate money, time, energy to bring in our services that are athlete-specific, because that doesn't mean all collegiate college students couldn't benefit from mental health education and all the things that we provide. But the athlete, as you both know, has more of a rigorous schedule and set of commitments. And it's easy to get overwhelmed, especially like you said, when they're young, coming to college for the first time, away from home, managing all of that. Like where do I go to eat? Like, where is my first class? To oh I'm traveling now and oh I got injured or oh my friend isn't talking to me to the finances to there's so many things and just managing the schedule. A lot of your athletes get up five five 536 for weights, then they might have two a day, at least one, and then go to school, try to learn, <laughs> and pay attention. Eat well, hydrate, get enough rest, train again. I mean, it's a lot. You guys are laughing. It's you get it, and I think it's a lot to be able to right to for these athletes to understand that they have a chance in space, and we can create it to breathe to take care of themselves, to have a life outside of just sports and school. And it's a challenge, but you know we can do it. So I'm just so proud to be a part of your guys' pioneering. That's really what it is. I mean, what do you think has changed in the athlete population or what you've seen in maybe the coaches or around since September, since we've been involved? Because I don't ask that to like big up us. I want you to be able to share it because if there's another campus, college, university that's out there that would consider bringing on some kind of service like this. I'd want them to hear how it's been. So what would you say has been, I mean, the shortcomings and the benefits?
2: Yeah, I could start that. I think one big thing that, you know, our focus is on student athlete care, as it should be. I hope they feel like we're providing more resources for them. But one thing I think that is huge and maybe overlooked is that we're really supporting our coaches. I feel like they are oftentimes put in very difficult situations. And I feel like we are providing help and education for them. And they're not feeling like they were left on an island. I think one thing that Betsy did a good job with her program and when she did her, her session with the coaches, it's like your student-athletes should not use you as your mental health provider. Uh-huh. They can use you as like, a resource, someone to talk to, but it's basically take that burden off your shoulder and provide the resources for your student. Athlete. That doesn't mean they can't build up their playbook. Man, I said that ten times today. The playbook.
0: <laughs> I love it. Betsy is smiling right now. I know. The athlete, you know, just... coach, mental health playbook. Yes.
2: Yes. I love it. No, it's good. But they've been able to build that up, and I feel like they've been supported. And I think that's what other universities and other, you know, even at the high school level, coaches would benefit from what we are doing here at campus. And I think we still got a ways to go, but I think we're moving in the right direction.
0: No, I think it's interesting that, you know, and again, I'm going to have maybe Kevin or Jess break down what is that coaches mental health playbook? What's the athletes mental health playbook? That's, that's the Cutler Wellness Program's her thing, which is super awesome. But what you're saying is that the education is there, the resources, and that even though like myself or my team might not be meeting with every coach of every sport at CSUB, the fact that we meet with the athlete then takes that role and pressure off the coach to have to meet that need. So it's interesting and very awesome and for sure it's happening but the way that you talk about it is like great that like actually this is first and foremost helping the coaches so they can feel free to coach and not have pressure to have to be like oh no the mental health here or like getting calls at late at night coach what do I do like and then not knowing not having it with the coaches mental health playbook they have more skills but they also don't have they can only like touch lightly and then move it over. So that was awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Jess, did you want to add to that?
1: I mean, what the work we've been doing, like he said, is you know we're helping the coaches too. And it's also, I think, brought a lot of awareness to things that were kind of pushed under the rug or like student athlete would go to the coach and then the coach would just handle it. And now we're bringing a stronger, bigger awareness to it by taking that conversation that you know the student athlete is having with the coach and getting them the care that they need versus, okay, the coach handled it, we're done. You know, now we're getting them the care that they need. They can go talk to someone that's going to be able to break down every little thing. Like you've mentioned with the sports performance, there's a lot of pieces to it. It may not just be that they can't perform on the field. There may be other little things around them that are going on that are... It's a bigger picture. And so I think everything that we've been doing has been helping the student-athletes, has been helping the coaches, and has been helping us. Because a lot of the times, student-athletes can find in us too on things that are going on in their lives and they come and have those carb, like hard conversations with us and we don't know we're not their counselors either. So it's our role as athletic trainers to get them that care that they need versus counseling them ourselves because we don't know how to do that. We're not trained to do that. We're just trained to help them get care, just like if they had an injury. You know, and this is an injury to a different part of their body that they need help with. So I think we're moving in the direction, but like as, you know, Lisa and Betsy, we talked, It's we have more to do with awareness, with education, and we're just going to keep pushing along until we've gotten to the point where we want to be.
0: Oh, yeah. There's always more work to be done, and that does not minimize the work that has already been done. I mean, other collegiate institutions are going to look to the role of athletic trainers since you guys are... I mean, Jess, you are the mental health coordinator. You are the sort of the conduit between myself and my team for referrals and the student-athletes, the teams and the coaches. And so we learn as we go. We're, we're always adding and amending different parts of our systems, but that's expected. We want to be able to do that so we can be better every day, every month, every year. So what has been the experience? Like I know that you each check in with your athletes. Informally, how's it going? You know, they share what they want. They know I can't share, but they share. My team can't share due to HIPAA and confidentiality. But are they open? Do they feel like, oh, like I didn't really know what mental health was before, what sport performance was, and I'm learning this and that. Like, do they feel more empowered and just
1: more confident and secure in themselves? Do you think? Are you saying the ones like currently? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean. I know that a lot of the ones that, you know, a lot of my personal athletes are loving it. The ones who are either seeing you for a sport performance or whatever it may be. And they're pretty open with me. So they will come in and be like, oh, I just had a great talk with Lisa. We talked about X, Y, and Z. And they're like happy, smiling, you know, they're willing to share. And all I asked was, Hey, how did yesterday go? How did your meeting go? And then they're all blah, 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 you know, and they're excited to share maybe something they learned from you with their team. And they want to continue that growth amongst their team, amongst their friends, amongst other athletes in the training room. Like from that, at least what I've gotten from my training room. I know Kevin works in a different one, but I've gotten good feedback from just overall. You know, a lot of them were like, didn't know what sports performance was or what it included. But now that they've learned more, they want to learn more. They want to learn about how to make their game better, both physically and mentally, how to make their life better physically and mentally. So I think... There's been a lot of good things that I've seen feedback-wise.
0: What do you think are the barriers right now? Like of having this kind of continued program be maintained. What are the barriers that are here with CSUB and that other campuses might also experience that we want to give them heads up about?
1: I mean, I think the biggest one that we all know is money, cost. That's going to be ultimately the biggest one. And then I think the other one is I don't know how to word it correctly, but just showing like proof that we need it. You know, some college campuses might be like, oh, we don't need this. We don't need that. Like Kevin said, the outsourcing. We don't need that. We got this. But like showing that, no, actually you might need this. You know, I know the biggest thing that's been a lot of help with having you on board is the kids can meet with you when they travel, when they're you know on the road. You may be up in Oakland and we're not in Bakersfield, but like the kids can still meet with you. So having that accessibility versus nine to five, Monday through Friday, only availability. So showing that there's more to it than just, why do we need another healthcare professional? Why do we need a licensed social worker? Why do we need another sports psychologist? Like Why do we need that when we have this? So I think the costs and then showing the why is going to be like the biggest barriers.
0: Yes. I want to add before I forget, I'll let Kevin speak to it too, is that That sense of territorialism or competition between professionals is something that we can all work on. (laughs) I mean, I think if we can all come to the place of like, we're here to serve and whoever is willing to participate in that process, that's great. Like, I'd rather someone see someone who's not me (laughs) than not see anyone at all. Like, I don't have the sort of, what is it, the market on athlete mental health. Me or my team don't. And we don't want to. We want everyone to be able to practice serving and also reap the benefit of it. So I think that could be an ongoing conversation, but that's maybe more complex than I'm making it when it comes to money and things like that. But I think we can all do a little bit better there. But Kevin, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this? The barriers?
2: Yeah. I think we're lucky here because we have administrative support going back a year from now. I'm not sure when we started talking, but it was early spring last year. And we're like, we basically had this idea and we presented it to our staff and they're almost was like, go for it. And we were very lucky that we were able to say, all right, let's run with it. Let's see what happens. And I think there's, we've benefited from it, but other institutions might struggle with that or person that is in Jesse's position doesn't have a seat at that table to ultimately make those, those changes. So just, a, I guess, an advocate to keep moving in the right direction.
0: Mm-hmm. So like it starts from the top down, kind of. The ideas come anywhere, but the approval of those ideas, the support of the ideas, the budget for those ideas happen at the top. And I think that's a really good point. It has to be supported at the higher levels with changes in policy, changes in the way we proceed with things. That's a really good point. I mean, it makes me think about like me coming into the roots. If it's not supported by the coach, the technical director, the higher ups, the leadership, the people who the players see, then why would they even give me the time of day? Right? That they have to value it, have me in the facility just like a technical team member should be. And let me have time with them, just me to build that connection, to build those relationships and have a space for me to meet with them in their facility. Like that shows value. And so I think from the top down, there's a lot that can be said from there that could be a barrier or a plus. And just grateful that at CSUB, it's a plus for sure. Just tell me a little bit about The referral process, you know, our colleague Betsy Cutler of Cutler Wellness Programs designed and created our referral form. Like, tell us a little bit about the flow and how does a student athlete come to receive the service that myself and my team provide?
1: Yeah, Betsy created both an internal referral form and an external referral form, all organized, color coded, fits me like to a T. But, you know, the process can go one or two ways. An athlete can come themselves to me personally, and you know, say, "Hey, I'm struggling. I need some help," like, or just tell me, you know, "Hey, I've been dealing with this." And then, I, you know, I'm like, "Okay." We talk about it. We talk about the plans. They could go to the student health center, or they can come to you. You know, there's two different plans, and we work out which one is going to be more beneficial for them. And then the referral form is filled out, and it's sent over to you and your team. And you make the contact with them and then decide who on your team is going to be a better fit for them. And then the other scenario is a student-athlete goes to their coach and they you know, talk to them about an issue they're having or a struggle they're having. And the coach fills out the internal referral form. They either fill their internal referral form lately, It's been text messages, emails, drop into Jesse's office. But we're working on it. It's a process. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> and then the process is: I meet, I reach out to the student athlete, and whether it's informally through text message, phone call, or I'm able to get them to come into the training room or meet with me privately, you know, and we discuss not necessarily what they talked about with coach. You know, I'll say, "Hey, you don't have to tell me everything. I know this is going on. You don't have to tell me if you want to tell me. You can, but I think here's the best plan moving forward for you." And then. The external referral form is filled out. Same process as before. It's sent to you know, your team, Lisa, and you, got, and you take it from there. And then from there, it's every, you're, you've got them. And we've done a great job lately communicating if you know, there's been difficulty with student-athletes connecting back or you know, if we've had recently a couple of students graduate, so they've moved on. But we've been communicating about that in ways to make it work. Do we reach out to the student-athlete again? Do we reach back out to the coach? That communication, I think, has been key in our referral process of making it better. And like you said, which things can we add and change? We've been editing ever since we started changing this, changing that to make it easier for you and myself so that the referral process is smoother. It's easier for you, for your staff, and for the athlete as well.
0: Yes. No, I can't say enough just how myself, my team, you guys... At CSUB, and then Betsy of Cutler Wellness Programs all work together to make this as streamlined as possible so that the athlete can get the service ASAP. We've only had, I want to say, like one crisis situation. I think we've only had really one red. So we like, you know, on the referral form, it's red, yellow, or green. And Jess called me right away, gave me a situation. I was on it. Like we discussed it. Like, you know, it was... I don't want to say seamless because we're always learning, but that one was a good experience, you know, and I'm seeing that athlete still and he's not in crisis anymore. It's just great to be able to work together, all of us from our different disciplines to come together and serve the athlete because really in the end, they're humans first and they need sort of a multidisciplinary, multi sort of holistic way of approaching them. Because just because someone might be a center on the basketball team, that doesn't mean all centers on all basketball teams are the same, obviously. But like getting to know that nuance, getting to know what makes them tick, what their passion is, why they do what they do and who they are beyond their sport. I don't think a lot of people ask them that. And so I love getting in there and learning about them and just how and where they want to grow and just what they're proud of and things like that. So it's just, it's been amazing. You know, I hope that we get to work together for many years to come. I'm going to give you guys a scenario. So you're on panel. You're speaking at a convention to up-and-coming athletic trainers. Bachelor's degree level, wanting to go into college and like start the process of learning about what it takes to be an athletic trainer, what they have to learn, the rigor, all of that. I want you to be able to comment on The intrinsic characteristics that you each have that have helped you get through the program and to be thriving in your career now. Not the technical, like you got to take anatomy 101, you got to take da 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 da, like I don't even know, but like microbiology 87.3, like not the classes, the internships, the practicums, anything like that. But what has helped you as human beings? What are your intrinsic characteristics that have helped you? get through the program and then now be in a career and be serving the student athletes that you've always wanted to serve.
2: Yeah, this counts as an intrinsic topic, I guess. Characteristic. I said it a couple of times, but I really believe that athletic trainers need to be able to communicate at different levels. They have to be able to be an administrator and manager, they have to be able to talk to their I guess their assistants and colleagues. They have to be able to talk to coaches. Coaches range from crazy individual to calm, cool, and collective. And sometimes that's on the same day. Student athletes as well. One thing I love about working in college sports is that, you know, at the professional level, you work with one men's soccer team. We have the opportunity to work with male, female, different sports, different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And we have to be able to, I guess, be socially aware. and. I guess, be adaptable in terms of how we, how we communicate with individuals. I can be sarcastic at times, and some people love that. But some people you know, think it doesn't come off the same to them. So you got to be able to be a chameleon a little bit. And not everyone is able to do that. I feel like every athlete, like, there's people that are very introverted people that may work, but it's, it, it's hard to do at this level. You have to talk with so many people every day
0: or might not see the value in being a chameleon,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. right? And practicing those skills and being attuned to who your audience is or what their role is and know how to make those pivots and shifts in how you relate and communicate. I mean, I think that's really super important. I mean, that's a great one. I love it. And yes, communication is an intrinsic (laughs) characteristic, but can also be a skill that can be defined and worked on and practiced. If you think that there are areas that you could be better at, not just you, Kevin, but where one can be better at. So no, that's a great one. And relatability was what you're talking about too. So perfect. I love it. Jess, how about you?
1: Dang, that was a good one. You stole mine. <laughs> Dang it. I mean, to kind of add to the communication, the thing is, is you got to be able to change your language too, right? Like you got to be able to talk to the doctors on their level with the medical terms, but then you got to like explain it sometimes for coaches and athletes because they may not understand it. So that's a little piece I think I would add to that. But that's an important one for sure. Oh gosh. I think the biggest thing is almost like that the empathy and the sympathy. Like we sometimes have to tell a student athlete, like their season's over or their career is over, but you got to be able to say it in a manner that's like calm collective, cool. You can't break down with the student athlete. You got to keep them calm and cool. And even, you know, when there's an injury on the court or the field, you got to calm them down. You can't be all crazy, you know, freaking out or in emergency situations. You can't be crazy freaking out. You've got to be the cool, calm, collected one. And I think, you know, I've experienced some athletic trainers that aren't good at that. And that kind of ties into the communication piece of like, you know, they may not be very good at telling an athlete their career is over or their season's over and then having to tell that to a coach and maybe having to tell that to a parent depending on what level you work at. I've experienced athletic terms not being just so good with that. You know, they're straight-faced. They're just like, mm, season's over. You know, we're like, they're not very good or they show too much emotion. So I think that a lot of it where you have to be sympathetic to the like the athlete, but you also have to be the strong one to be like, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna get through this. We're gonna get you the care, the surgery, the rehab, whatever it may be. So I think not a lot of athletic trainers can show sympathy and empathy to the soon athletes, but then also be the hard headed one. So you kind of kind of gotta play like two heads sometimes. No, those are great ones too. I mean, I think what you're talking about too with the first
0: one about talking clinically and professionally to a doctor and using those terms. And then translating them into, as I call layman's terms, to the coach, parent, and or athlete about what's going on with your body. I think that's huge. You know, it makes me think about, so I left this one hanging. We didn't talk about what the athlete mental health playbook was or the coach's mental health playbook. Basically, it's a book that each coach and athlete can keep their tools and skills in and their approaches and strategies to maintain their own Mental health. I'm almost thinking like we need to make one, not because of you guys, <laughs> but an athletic trainer mental health playbook so that you and your colleagues can have skills to be able to have these conversations and have that empathy and understanding like you're saying. I mean, emotion regulation is a big one to be able to like, I teach this to athletes and coaches are performers too. And I believe athletic trainers are in this field as well, that you have to be like you're performing for the doctor, having that conversation. And then it's a performance to have to like now deliver it, the information to the ecosystem of the athlete and to be able to invigorate themselves up for the conversation and not just be like, your career's over. Or not be too emotional, be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, your career's over. like, But to regulate your emotions, whether up or down, to have the appropriate emotion for the conversation. So see, this conversation has given me all kinds of ideas to continue to grow and be better for everyone involved, everyone who surrounds and uplifts the performance of the athlete, you know, on and off the field. So I've really appreciated this conversation. I know at least Jess, you're off to either a practice or a game right now. You're putting on your mask. I see you. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. It's my pleasure to know you as humans, as alongside like the work that we do. And I know we're making a difference. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity with you guys.
3: One of my favorite things about our Sports Epreneur content platform is the opportunity to chat with amazing people in and around the world of sports. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at Sports Epreneur. Thank you for listening to this Source production, the Sports Epreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide.